Hello, friends, and welcome to the fifth edition of the Fantasy 15 here on Sound of the Loons. My name is Steve McPherson, and I'm joined by my man, Jamie Watson, and we are here to talk fantasy MLS. Still, it is not too late to join our league on MLSsoccer.com if you want to play along with us. A couple of people joined over the weekend. You can get there directly through the MNUFC mobile app, and if you think I'm spelling out that code again, you're nuts. Just find it, okay? It's the Fantasy XV. 15 as in the letter X and the letter V, MNUFC League. So you can find it through the app. Download the app. If you haven't downloaded the app, what are you even doing? So we're back to kick off another week of MLS Fantasy with 15 minutes on your 15 roster slots. We'll talk a bit about what happened to us last week, uh, a bunch about what we think is going to happen this week, and then we'll have a little time for some strategy. We'd like to start the week with uh, our booms and our busts. Fantasy booms for you, Mr. Watson. How'd it go? Was it a great week? I think I beat you this week. You you did. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it took that long for you to bring that up. We are now <laughs> two and two on the year through four. And look, this week was what it was. The overall winner in MLS fantasy had 89 points. Yeah. Never again will there be compared a to like 130 season. last week or something. Exactly. So, yeah. our, our boy uh, Paul Tomerdahl here from Minnesota U uh, United fan. He won it last week. Um, look, this week was what it was. We talked about this week about gaining value, mm-hmm. and even though. You had some guys that didn't have good weeks. They gained value. Guys that had good weeks didn't gain value. It was a weird week all around. Um, We can debate if there should be games on international breaks like this or not. When there's five games, there's international absences, all that, whatever. That's neither here nor there. We're talking booms, and I had very few of those this week. Um, Deplange from FC Cincinnati, he was a a late-game Roll of the dice, gamble, if you will, for me. I mm-hmm. had Carlos Hill and Teal Bunbury playing, and I had the planche for FC Cincinnati. It made no sense. One was going to score, it was going to hurt the other. Right. The other was going to do well <laughs> if the other didn't score. I threw him in just because I was desperate for points. He got me nine points, and then Carlos Vela was my top earner as my captain, though, with only 14. So not a great week, yeah. boom-wise. Only boomed $2 million in value. I set the goal at $4 million. I only halfway got there. It wasn't great, Steve. It's a a work in progress. It is, but I would love to hear you tell me about your team's booms this week um, as much as we would also like to hear everyone else tell us about their booms online, on Twitter, social media, at JamieWatson77, at SteveVentress. SteveVentress. But before we get anywhere else, we have to hear your boom. Yeah. uh, Tell us how great your week was, Steve. I've always really liked Walker Zimmerman. As, as a player, I have not played him before. He is very expensive as a defender. Uh, based around, I really wanted to play Marco Fabian this week because he was supposed to come back uh, from a red card. And at first, it would look like he did, and then he wasn't, and then they said he would, and then he didn't. So, Super late from the disciplinary committee yeah, had that second game on. It was all over the place. So, I'm sure he knew about it. They just didn't announce it. So. Yeah, yeah. So there were, like, sources saying this, yeah. other sources saying other things. So eventually, I ended up dropping him and putting in Walker Zimmerman, spending some of that cash on him. That worked out well. He scored 12 points. Uh, Reggie Cannon was also really good for me for FC Dallas. He only, I think I played him two weeks ago when he got injured. He had two points, but he had eight this past week. Good week for him so, as well. So, uh, yeah, Paxton Pomacall still solid. Uh, I really like him. I'm probably going to be keeping him going. He only had five points, but I feel like he's been a consistent contributor of, of, of some of that value in the midfield. So, so that was good. Busts, my biggest bust. I'll start my bust. You can go on with it. Uh, Dio, I really wanted uh, Diamande to, to go off with as the only striker for LAFC, really. Uh, he had two points. Uh, BWP, who I was hoping for a big game from, he had two points. Those are those are sort of the big busts, I think, for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a lot of people listening to it going, this was surely the week that Diamande was going to go off. 
He was going to go for his patented two goal performances like he did towards the end of last season. This was the game. All the, uh, the writing was on the wall for it. Didn't happen. And I fell victim to it as well. Yeah. Not thrilled with it. Um, look, you could say it's a bust because sorrow this week only had one point, but again, he gained 500,000 in value. So yeah. he, he busted on point total, but he boomed as far as value. And I know you've got some thoughts on Gaston Sorrow. Yeah. Columbus crew defender who's had uh, an incredible start to the season, both performance wise and fantasy value wise. Um, Steve, let's let's hear your thoughts on this because you 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 were thinking deep on this. Yeah, we talked about uh, we talked a little bit last week about value and how you know value goes up or down and how it's sort of a rolling thing of of several game sample size. Basically, the thing about Sorrow at this point is that. His total fantasy points, he scored 37 fantasy points, which is good for second in the league behind Vela. As a center back. As a center back. That's nuts. Um, Who had 40. Uh, uh, Darwin has 33. So he has four more points than Darwin right now. Uh, He is also a tremendous value. There's, uh, you can look on MLS Fantasy. They talk about dollars per fantasy point. He is giving you, uh, it's it's 176,000 per fantasy point. Uh, that's compared to 308,000 for Vela, 379,000 for Darwin. So it's, he's a great value. He's a center back. Uh, again, he only had one point last week, but his value still went up because of that. So he's one of those guys where, I mean, unless you're really showing a reason to not put him in, he's six and a half million right now, which is less than some higher priced, you know, sort of sexier, uh, you know, defender. Zuzzi, picks, 7.6 so. Harrison yeah. awful. His teammate, 8.1 million. Yeah. So there's so, some comparison for you. So, you know, eventually, hopefully those things even out to a certain extent, but sorrow is doing fantastic. I really like him week in and week out basically. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see because this week Columbus crew welcome in Atlanta United. Yeah. Which Atlanta United do we see? Yes. Is it the team that's scoring goals in bunches or is it the team that, has no idea what they're doing right now. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I said I'd sort of been out. I, I think I'm probably out on Atlanta players as fantasy guys, but it's also still, it makes me question then, you know, what do I do about Columbus guys? You know, um, obviously at home for Columbus is very good. Columbus has looked good overall, uh, especially in terms of locking up, um, you know, the defense at home. Zach Steffen is probably a good play. Um, and also until Atlanta proves they can really score some goals, I, I don't want to believe in their ability to score goals away. So. I think they have bigger problems right now. Instead of figuring out who's going to boom fantasy-wise for Atlanta, I think right now you can roll the dice if you want. I yeah. think it's more of a gamble than it's ever been yeah. with Atlanta United going um, uh, on your fantasy roster week in and week out. So if you want to make that, if you look at somebody like Joseph Martinez and maybe the average, you know, the percentage of how many people are using him week in and week out is surprisingly low before kickoff on Saturday. Yeah, Go for it. It's a Why good not? differential option then. Maybe but. maybe you take the chance. Maybe you do yeah. something different. Maybe you want to find a way to gain some points. We're not in desperation mode. We're not throwing Hail Marys yet. It's week five. Yeah. But also, too, sometimes you got to roll the dice. Now, he may not be the one getting you value from the collective performances from the algorithm with what we know now about it. But having said that, if you're looking to win this week, maybe in a head-to-head matchup, yeah. maybe you do something a little different. Yeah, yeah, doing a little something Maybe different. Zig when everyone else is zagging. Yeah, yeah, and probably you're going to see that Joseph Martinez is going to stay highly owned for a long time, sure. even if he's not producing, because a lot of people are just going to leave him in there. So it is also a chance to go the other direction, which is if he is staying highly earned, highly owned, and he's not producing, go for some other guys. Exactly, so. and also to a sneaky player like an Atlanta, if he's back in the lineup, Mikey Ambrose, because he's listed as a defender. Yeah, he's been playing high in the three-five-two formation, getting forward. Cheap, 
good guy that uh, yeah. gets in and out. Look, he he is prone to being substituted, and he isn't always a surefire starter. But if it's 5.30 p.m. Central time and those lineups come out for a 6.30 kickoff and he's in there, yeah, might be a sneaky play there. Yeah, keep an eye out for any of those guys. Maybe we'll talk about this in a future episode uh, for guys who are playing out of position. Out of position uh, players, yeah. one of those guys. OPP. So, yeah, so we'll look for those. Let's talk a little bit about matchups that are coming up that we like. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to talk about uh, our boys, Minnesota United at New England. Um, obviously, you know, visiting teams, uh, generally you want to go with the home team. But, man, after seeing the Revs, completely unable to handle anything against a Cincinnati team that was missing a lot of important players. And you look at a guy like Darwin coming off a full week of rest, uh, coming into uh, new England. I like that matchup. I love it. I don't like it. I love it, Steve. <laughs> I want, I want all the stock right now in Minnesota United that I can get only three players. I think this week I will max out those three players. Yeah. And I think it's one, I, I, I we see it from a different perspective, getting to see where the team is at in training. They look sharp. They look fit a week of rest. As you mentioned, it's also too, it's just straight up matchup. I'd love it if it was at home. Yeah. But even away, I think this is a juicy matchup. Uh, yeah. I don't think the Revs hold much of a home field advantage right now. Um, no, I don't think they, they have look, so. advantages <laughs> all over. And this is, you know, as hopefully it's not, uh, you know, what is it? Whiteboard talk, chalkboard, or, you know, chalk talk where they put it up on the chalkboard and, you know, hang those quotes up for you to notice right before yeah. you go to kickoff. But I think right now, matchup wise, you have to be looking at it going, there's some advantages there for Minnesota United attacking wise against that defense for new England. Uh, on the flip side for that, we're talking defense FC Cincinnati right now. Yep. And we, we had said at the beginning of the year, Steve, we, we think they were going to be one of those teams that are there, thereabouts getting shutouts, keeping scoring low for opponents. FC Cincinnati welcoming in the Philadelphia union, apart from a rarity, a blue moon of a David, Akam brace this weekend with two yeah. goals, you know, Philadelphia, they were in control, certainly, of their matchup, but FC Cincinnati defensively looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Philly, obviously, they, they produced a lot of expected goals and not finished. Yes. Uh, and then they showed that some finishing in that game. Uh, but, you know, that 3-0 win, uh, I think Nippert, is a disaster um, for any team coming there uh, yes. I, that field is tough to play on. Yes. And so I think that um, like, I really liked Kenny safe and he did not play the week before. And then he had a great week this past week. Yep. Uh, Richie is also a great value option and goal. Yes. Um, so he's another guy to look at. Uh, now you could continue to go up with the algorithm. Yeah. And that you know, that, that the clean sheet at Nippert for FC Cincinnati is I think always going to play, be play in play this season always. because the, the condition of the field is just not great for attackers. And I do love the, LAFC at San Jose Earthquakes matchup this week. Okay. That for me is good because I think the way that Matias Almeida has the Earthquakes playing, even with the bye week, I don't know if they figured it out. Yeah. And if it's man for man all over the place, equate Darwin Quintero yeah. to Carlos Vela. And you saw what Darwin Quintero did, even with Jutsen around him all game long, you give a good player still time one-on-one. -on -one. It took about a half to figure it out, but then Darwin Quintero had just in his back pocket for the entire game. I think Carlos Vela could have a similar role yep. and even drift out wide and find more space, more of these weird, open, big gaps in the field because of their man marking system all around. Mm -hmm. I really, really like LAFC this week. Yeah. Also the, uh, the quakes have only scored two goals so far. So that's another good one to look at for those defenders. I mean, other than Walker Zimmerman is obviously expensive, but they have some cheaper guys, Jordan Harvey, Segura, Segura, um, Shore loves to get forward. Yep. Beta yep. Shore so, used to play for, uh, for San Jose. There you go. Keep Revenge. that in mind. Revenge. Is there a little intangible there? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Actually, that's, that's a great point you brought up there. And, uh, I think that's he goes right into my lineup on Monday and he stays there yeah. until Saturday evening. 
Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some strategy. We're going to finally get into the keeper roux. Yes. Um, which to me is the easiest roux. I don't know. I don't know where these names came from. I'll be honest. I think they only started happening like two years ago. But. I think there's a lack thereof. <laughs> so this is the best option. If you could coin a better phrase right now, Steve, yeah. I think it's out there for the taking. No, I don't know. See, the thing is it makes sense with the switcheroo, which maybe maybe we'll get into later. That one's a little more complicated. I yeah. think the keeper roux is the easiest to grasp. And here's basically how the keeper roux works. First of all, the range of cost for keepers is lower than most other positions. Uh, the highest salary keeper in MLS fantasy right now is Bill Hamid. He's 7.4 million mid range, mid range guys are like in the mid five million somewhere in there. So there's a lot of room to play around with that sort of salary. You've got two of them. You've got one on your bench. You've got one who's in, right? So the difference between them is not going to be huge salary wise. So what you do is you put in a keeper who plays early in the week on the bench and then one who plays later as your starter. You could put in a sort of a $4 million guy who's not going to play as your starter if you want to make more adjustments later or to pick two guys and you sort of maybe you want you just want to see what, what what's going on between them, okay? Um, you see what the guy on the bench does in his game. If he has a terrific game, just like an awesome game, you <laughs> um, you can switch in uh, you can switch in a $4 keeper who is not going to play, right? And if that guy on the bench doesn't have a good game, then, uh, then you leave that other guy in or you move in a guy with, you know, you might have to spend some salary and move some stuff around, but you move in a guy to roll the dice later. This happens to me. So far, I have not really hit on any of the keeper roos or any of that, like any of those switches, basically. Most of my keepers have been scoring two or three points. A guy on the bench scores three, and then the guy leaving scores two. Or the guy on the bench scores two, the guy leaving scores three or something like that. But I, I believe the average, I believe what you're looking for is about five points. Yeah, that, that's a good, I think that's a good point. Like, yeah. so, so for example, 12 o'clock central time, New York Red Bulls play the Chicago Fire on Saturday. So what you would do essentially is put in Luis Robles yep. on the bench. Now, that's the 12 o'clock game. That game will come and go, and two hours later, it is done. You know what you've got with Luis Robles. While you have in the starting lineup maybe a goalkeeper that plays, let's say Tim Howard has kickoff at 8 p.m. central time on Saturday evening. So Tim is occupying the – Tim Howard is the starter – Luis Robles on the bench. If Luis Robles does really well and you're like, hey, he got a shutout, a couple of saves, maybe stopped a penalty. He had a hell of a week. He's sitting 10, 11, 12 points. Yeah. Beautiful. You keep him on your bench and then you sub out Tim Howard for a goalkeeper that is $4 million that you know is not going to play because then the way the system works, if the guy who's starting doesn't play automatically, the keeper rule will switch the two players. It will give you your bench points. And that difference of Tim Howard that you had in goal that you no longer need. Yep. Minus the $4 million keeper that you're not going to use. You now get to use that elsewhere, disperse that money accordingly and maybe improve somewhere else. So yeah. it's a strategy that most experts listening to this will know. Yes. But if you are new to the game and we we welcome you newbies just like the experts because we are very much still <laughs> those as well. <laughs> and it's a, it, it's a very vital thing that I learned late in the game last year when I first started playing that I wish I would have known. Wish I would have known. <laughs> I wish I would have. I wish I would have knew that and known that. Yeah. Um. I was so excited. I said both those words at the same time. Um. That's a big, big point of emphasis, and I think that's something that can really help and and save you some money and give you two different looks at a goalkeeper. Yeah. Everybody, get on that keeper. It's fantastic. Maybe next week we'll get into the switcheroo or the double switcheroo over the three for two. There's a couple different variations on this, but uh, but it, it's going to be good. So my solemn vow has been to keep this podcast at 15 minutes, and because I am a man of my word. We have come to the end, my friends. For Jamie Watson and Minnesota United, I'm Steve McPherson. And remember, don't let your fantasies be dreams. Make your dreams come true.